Welcome to Pub Indie. I'm Ann R. Bailey. I'm Tammy Cavanaugh. Today we are holding a mini therapy session about writing and business. So grab a drink, sit back, and let's chat. So, mm-hmm. you have some exciting news for everyone. Found an editor, hopefully. <laughs> it's been a huge, huge area of stress and anxiety for me, honestly. How come? Hiring people, I guess, <laughs> to do such a... I feel like it's very personal right now because not that many people have read it. So I'm used to creative criticism and all that stuff. And I, you know, I used to be part of writing groups and we'd get feedback on that. But been a while and I'm a little nervous to have someone who doesn't know me and where I'm coming from and I can't sit there beside them while they're reading and explain everything (laughs) (laughs) as it happens. Like, this is why this is happening, you know. I'm going to argue with you. It might be interesting to get, like, a very fresh perspective on your work. It's funny because I'm completely the opposite with that. I don't want anyone I know reading my work because then they'll know what I wrote and judge me for it. (laughs) Or not judge me, but say, oh, look at her. She thinks she can write. So clearly today we're talking a bit about anxieties. (laughs) (laughs) When it comes to writing our business decisions. I know for me, when I was searching out editors and stuff, it was almost hard to say no. Once I reached out to someone, it was almost, well, now I have to go with these people. No, no, you don't. If you don't like something, you can step away. But that was really hard to learn. I don't know what you're... <laughs> I've reached out to a few different editors and either they couldn't help me in the timeline that I needed mm-hmm. or didn't quite work out in just the compatibility department, I think, either on my end or on their end, um, which is fine. What yeah. you, I, I, I've learned that like, what you want is someone who understands what you're doing. You don't want someone who doesn't understand what you're doing. For example they don't want to edit sci-fi but that's what your book is then there's no point trying to make that work (laughs) it's better to step away I know with my audiobooks I had a lot of trouble when I received a lot of auditions I didn't even expect to receive one audition and I liked most of them how can I say no to these people I don't have a reason (laughs) or even if I did have a reason I could never be that honest person. And it's funny because, you know, in my whole life, professional life, I've interviewed, gotten jobs, not gotten jobs. And I always wonder, why didn't they pick me? And so to be in that HR person's shoes, oh, that was a hurdle for me to get over. I guess I'm a people pleaser and I'm like, I will hire you all. But, you know, I haven't won the lottery yet. So (laughs) yeah, and you really only need one, maybe two editors, depends on how much editing you're Mm -hmm. getting done. So I personally haven't gone through, I'm choosing not to go through the developmental editing phase, which, you know, I go back and forth on this is my first book, but I have been writing for years. And honestly, I've spent a really long time thinking about the structure Mm -hmm. of this book and getting um, feedback on the structure of the book. I admit sometimes I wonder if I am on the right path with the structure, but no one's said anything who has read it. I think there's always going to be that question like, is this book good enough? Who would like this? Who would, how does anything ever get published? And it's just like, take that dive, send it out there, let people decide. I think if I didn't understand story structure as well as I feel I do, definitely go with a developmental edit. All these kinds of edits are there for a reason. They exist mm-hmm. for a reason. And I encourage anyone who isn't 100% sure that they've got... A solid story. Mm-hmm, or solid understanding of their own story. Like, you become very close to what you're writing. And that makes it a lot harder to 
I've found sometimes I have to discuss things with people because I sometimes find that I don't even understand necessarily why a certain scene is there until I really think about it. I think it's important to consider and and talk with people about what it is you're trying to do with this book. You know, Mm -hmm. what themes are you trying to explore or um, what kind of character development are you aiming for? But I think when you're first writing it, like your first draft, that's not as important. That can hold you back. Especially when you're newer to writing or you haven't written a full book in forever. I know my very first one. Well, at first, I never thought I could write beyond 2,000 words. And then slowly and surely, chapter by chapter, became a book. But it's definitely something to consider (laughs) when you're starting out. And if you're not sure or you don't have enough writer friends or a group of community to, like, bounce ideas off of or check in with them, might as well hire a developmental editor. As far as what we understand of what developmental editors do. (laughs) And I don't think necessarily beta readers count as a developmental editor. They can help as a developmental pass. Mm -hmm. It's like testing the water. It's your focus group. Yeah. So after developmental editing, you usually have to go on to the copy edit, which is the one that I always wanted. That Mm -hmm. was the one I aimed for. Um, And I think it's probably one of the more important ones, Um, depending. Again, there are authors who out there who have been doing this long enough where it's like they just need a proof read, right? Um, But I think when you're starting out, you definitely need to get a copy edit. I I highly encourage anyone to do that. It's stressful again, as I was saying, like finding the editor, trusting them that they'll do a good job. I mean, this is a good point where you should be, if you have a community, reaching out and asking them who's your editor or have you heard of this editor or like what should I be looking for in an editor? Just ask some questions Mm -hmm. if that'll make you feel um, better about, like I've been asking Anne so many questions during this process. I think she's annoyed with me a little bit. (laughs) No, 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 quite the opposite. I like like feeling like I know something because I perpetually think I'm like so dumb and don't know anything. So now I'm like, I have the answer. Pick me. And not even the answer, but just an opinion. Opinion, I guess. Yes. Because you've been through it already. Yeah. You, you were very helpful being patient, I guess, with my questions, and I appreciate it. <laughs> You're welcome. <laughs> I didn't th- say thank you. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. I heard it. I heard, it was implied, right? right? right. Critical thinking. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I think for me, I would love to just do proofreading. And for some of my book series, I can almost just do a proofreader. Well, I also found a really nice proofreader that will also point out some inconsistencies if I have them. But I have really found the value in copy editing. Again, I'm impulsive and I rush to the end and sometimes I forget things. Sometimes, you know, hey, maybe you need to expand on this a bit more. (laughs) This isn't very clear. Oh, you suddenly had her just turn on, like go from hating the piano to liking it. What happened? Oh yeah, I did have a scene in my mind. I know why she changed her mind but I was just too lazy to write it out (laughs) so it's always good to have that and give it a try and maybe talk to the editor too if they provide different types of editing yeah and like I said sometimes you might have two different editors so I've heard some wisdom is that you should have a different editor for Mm -hmm. each I'm not sure if I believe that necessarily I think as long as there's a certain amount of time between the edits yeah yeah that should be fine should be fine I would think So we've been like kind of talking about all these sorts of editors and stuff. And it's so funny how often we almost second guess ourselves a lot, not only with our actual story, but with how and where we are taking the business. And yeah, it's never fun to talk about business or, you know, (laughs) 
should I sign up for this? Should I pay for this? And it's always such a leap of faith sometimes because even when you put out a new book, maybe your other ones have done amazing, but there's no guarantee that this next one will do amazing. Or even all your previous books will still continue doing well. As someone who has very easily gets anxious about things and worries about the future that hasn't happened... <laughs> This is something that I'm struggling with. At the end of the day, I have to remember I love writing. And even if I wasn't selling a book, I would still be writing. So this is the path I have chosen. (laughs) And I can't get off of it, even if I want to now. I am an addict. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah, considering how many books you've published this year, I can agree. (laughs) (laughs) I know, I'm I'm currently trying to take a break so I don't burn out. And I'm finding it incredibly hard and difficult. Uh, I was actually trying to relax and find that personal time and space for myself and do a little massage. And the whole time I was just thinking of books, books I want to write, books I'm in the process of writing, books that are at the editors. Mm-hmm. I have a problem. A small problem. <laughs> small problem. Not, not a huge one at all. <laughs> no, no. It's, uh, I'm a workaholic and yes. I never thought that that would be me. Well, it's, at least it's something you enjoy doing and that you haven't been able to talk yourself out of doing, which some people are really good at that. Um, but I think it is uh, extremely important to take breaks so to, as to not burn out. So burnout is burnout's very different from writer's block. You don't suffer from writer's block, but burnout can cause writer's block. Mm-hmm. Uh, it'll make you feel like uh, going near the computer is the most horrible thing you can ever do. Yeah. Um, I, over the holidays, the Christmas holidays, pretty much the entirety of December, I believe, I didn't write. Mm-hmm. I had burnt myself out. I tried to do NaNoWriMo again for the second book, and I got some stuff written, and, but a lot of it I'm not going to use, which is unfortunate. Mm-hmm. Um, if you're already under pressure to get something done, a perceived pressure to get something done, don't go throwing another task on top of yourself when you don't have to, just because, oh, it's NaNoWriMo, I'm going to join in and do what I did last year. No, especially considering the type of year we just had. So. Yeah, it's really about reading the waters and knowing, hey, you know, I need a break right now hey, I can't do this, and that's okay. And I think it's moving past that quote, oh my god, I have failed. Mm-hmm. Because, no, maybe you've taken a step back, but it doesn't mean it's a failure. Unless, yeah, you never pick up the pen again. <laughs> so I have been ha- trying to force myself to take it easy recently, just because a lot of other life stuff I noticed, I put everything off just so I can do writing, and that's not healthy either. And then all these things and stressors piled up, like, oh my god, so much chores to do around the house. (laughs) And after a while, it becomes overwhelming and you can't even be in your own house. And this isn't to be depressing, it's just to let yourself, and as a reminder, give yourself that space to breathe. Day by day, I had very different sales. And I, to this day, I do not know why. One day I'd be doing like higher sales than ever. The next day it'd be barely any. And on that day when I had that barely any sales, I was like, that's it. The bubble has popped. The dream has popped. Mm -hmm. And it's so funny how quickly you can fall into like the depths of despair. (laughs) Considering like the sales you had the day before. Yeah. And I'm just, same with reviews. Reviews I've learned a long time ago. I just don't read them. Try not to. Because then I do obsess about them. And now same with the sales. I have to stop consistently checking because... It's not healthy, and overall, if it all works out, it's okay. Yeah, that takes me back to my um, fan fiction days, <laughs> where I was publishing, like, a chapter a week, and I'd be, after I published a chapter, I would just be waiting for views and comments to come in. I'd just be... Refreshing. Refreshing. 
Refresh. Oh, serotonin feels so good. <laughs> yes. <laughs> See, everyone has their, they need their fix. <laughs> PSA for everyone out there. Find out what you need and also know that it's okay if not everyone loves your book, if you're not always getting the reviews or feedback you are looking for. You can always make adjustments. I'm gonna try my best when I publish to just ignore. And that, that brings us to another area of anxiety is the whole lead up to actually publishing. Uh, there's a bunch of stuff I have to do mm-hmm. and any of it. <laughs> and I know I have to do it, but I'm one of those people where I think about like I think about the end point. Yeah. And all the things that have to happen to get to that end point. Yeah. And you can't do that. No. You can't or else it'd it's be, too overwhelming. Yeah, and you're just paralyzed with like fatigue. Going back to that week of I need to give myself a break to catch up on all these things. I had so many things to do. I was just like, I'm never gonna get it done. I spent two days in bed just on YouTube, scrolling, hitting refresh, chatting because I was just so overwhelmed by everything I had to do and I couldn't do it. At the end of the day, I pretty much finished everything in another two days and it wasn't that big of a deal. And I'm just like, why? Why was I (laughs) the dread of it? My only advice is one thing at a time and do things in order. (laughs) This is my thing. I learned by trial and error and I did some things first and then I realized oh wait before I can actually say with ISBNs I need to have my business name registered and everything so I had to backtrack go get that paperwork then go back to the ISBN and get my (laughs) ISBNs yeah yeah and that's the thing I have to do and it's not it's not a big deal creating your business like especially like in there's not a lot of pressure on you about how to do that the cost isn't exorbitant it's fine but the actual act of like it's decision making again right mm-hmm. it's making the decision i'm this idea that i have for a com- for a company name i'm definitely going with this name <laughs> 10 changes later <laughs> yeah like what if i change my mind <laughs> you know but I can't once I do that. Like, that's my company name. And that's fine because I like this name that mm-hmm. I've come up with to go under. And I-, I should just do it. But that's not me. I have to I have to get to a point for some reason where I can do it. <laughs> I don't know. Maybe uh, once everything goes to the editor and I don't have that hanging over my head, yeah, I can finally just be like, this is the next thing I have to do. I, I did make you that nice little to-do list. Yes. So you're I welcome. <laughs> I still have it open on one of my tabs and I look at it constantly. Because I'm basically like, learn from my mistakes. Don't become me. It was that, <laughs> what's that saying? Like, do, do as I say, not as I do. Yes. yes. <laughs> so I get that. Like, that's my stress, my anxiety. And then on top of that, I have other things. Like, I have work. Mm-hmm. <laughs> I work every day. There's this whole situation. It's the summer. <laughs> And I don't actually want to do anything. <laughs> but then there's also nothing to do. Yes, so. I, know. I know. So complicated. So complicated. I I was also going to bring it back. Like, it's funny to me. I am confused essentially by what's holding you back because what's holding me back all the time is that I jump to that end line. Like, I want to go publish this book. Oh, well, I have this book now. I'm going to throw it up there. Wait, wait, wait. No, I need to go get an editor. I need my company name. I need the cover. And it's like that stuff. I have to hold myself back and take the time, do the research. That's, I guess I would be impulsive. Yeah, you're impulsive. Me, I've never been impulsive. Mm -hmm. I think the most impulsive thing I ever did was go teach English in Japan. And that Mm. took months. I had to go through a process to actually do that, right? Like, See, (laughs) it was a dream of mine to go teach English in Japan, and I didn't. Guess why? (laughs) Why? It took too long. (laughs) (laughs) What do you mean? I can't just hit, yeah, I want to go next week. (laughs) 
Yeah, no, I had to start. I had to start applying um, in my second term of my final year, uh, and I had to provide my. And that's how I found out I was missing a prerequisite. So I ended oh, up with fun. six classes in my final term. Ugh. Thankfully, one of those was a honors thesis, so had that yeah, going yeah. for me. But still, pretty shocking to discover. So anyway, yeah, I had to apply. I had to prove to them after I applied that I had graduated, and then I went through the interview process. At some point, I'm, I'm getting everything out of order, but I remember there was an interview process. And then we were assigned where we were going to go. And it was hilarious because I got sent to the prefecture that the, one of the girls, it was a group interview, right? I got sent to a prefecture that I knew one of the girls I'd been in an interview with wanted to go to. And she got sent to the prefecture I wanted to go to. <laughs> and I was like, someone messed up. But I was very happy with where I ended up. Like, cooler if I'd ended up in Kyoto because I had an anthropology degree and I was really interested in mm-hmm. the historical value of that area. But... <laughs> It was fine. Did you know apparently you could buy a house for $500 now in like the countryside in Japan? And I'm like, that's an affordable cottage. Yep. Minus the plane flight. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. Even with the plane flight, like once a year, it would take a few years to rack up the same amount of plane flight tickets as like a cottage here would. Yeah. Hmm. Yeah. And you could rent it out. Okay. Be right back, guys. I'm going to go become a land baron. <laughs> another country because I can't afford it on my own. I know. Oh gosh. Um, So I'd say the most impulsive of my life was while I was in Japan Mm because I had a year to be there Mm -hmm. and I had to make decisions quickly. Yeah. I couldn't sit on it. No, no. I went to New Zealand while I was there. I went to... so jealous. Yeah. I traveled up to Tokyo. I could have done more traveling, but like I wanted money left over when I left. Yeah. So I think that's the difference. You're you're more impulsive and I'm, Mm -hmm. I like to research. I think I even said to you once maybe that I wish I could just publish it Mm -hmm. or I wish I could just do it. Yeah. It is important to do your research for a lot of things don't just like first person that comes along or first book you write yeah it might not be the one if it's not working it's not working and just put it on a shelf you can always come back to it when you know more i like the book i'm writing right now that's been on the shelf for 10 years because i was like i can't write this Uh, and i gave up on it but i've been i've read so much more i've experienced so much more I've thought about things so much more that um it's like there's this overarching theme of these books that I find fascinating um every now and then that little doubt like we're we're, I'm going for self-publishing you're a self-publisher every now and then there's that seed of doubt it's like oh see if an agent would be interested in this no this is a series like if this was a standalone maybe but it's a series and I'm not taking the chance that an agent loves it and it, they're able to sell it to a publisher and it does poorly and they don't want to finish it and I no longer have the rights over it that's another stressor yeah like that's just one more thing to worry about <laughs> at least I'm guaranteed the whole story will be published if I self-publish it yeah let's look at that for a second right there's a lot of stigma to self-publishing there is. there's less of it now thankfully mm-hmm. compared to like say 20 years ago yeah and that's because of amazon i'm just gonna say that it's provided a way for people to bypass the previous gatekeepers yeah and you can argue that's a good thing or a bad thing i would argue that it's both there are people who have definitely tried to take advantage of the system that amazon has put in place and they've had to work on making it better so that they can't take advantage of it anymore so i think those people always talk about the golden rush of self-publishing in ebooks like when it first came out and it's because basically people were 
worth throwing up fan fiction. And I don't mean that in a bad way, but or even that it was copying other work, but I mean in terms of it's something they wrote really quick. They didn't even get it professionally edited. Maybe they didn't even do a cover professionally. They just slapped on whatever image and sometimes even copyrighted stuff. I heard, I saw so much stuff about that, like from those days. Mm-hmm. It's a very different world now. Like sometimes you look at those covers and, and you're I couldn't tell you if it's self-published or not. And I think that's really impressive and awesome because yeah, as a whole, self-publishers and self-published authors are trying to work harder and harder to not imitate, but to, this is a real career. These are real books. These are quality. We've put our time and effort in it. It's works that we're passionate about and we're going to put our best foot forward, right? My hope is that over time, that stigma will just go away completely. I mean, look at local businesses versus the big box stores, right? We're all for supporting local businesses. And that's what self-publishers are essentially. Mm -hmm. They have a story to tell and hopefully, you know, the right packaging and ribbons and you might like it. Who cares if it's not traditionally published? If you've enjoyed it, Mm -hmm. awesome. I'd also argue, talking about those covers, I've seen some comparisons of books that were self-published and then picked up by a publisher and like just the cover comparison. So you could argue that um, some self-publishers actually are even better (laughs) at knowing what their marks right knowing what their market wants, doing what they want versus what's in style now. You know, doing that, there's one object and then just the text. That's great, and sometimes I do really like that and it appeals to me. But other times, like, no, my book, I don't see that for my book. But if it's what's in style, you know, it's one of those, like, you don't have a choice and maybe eventually you can get it redone. I think there's so many stressors out there. I've talked about reviews in a previous podcast and even on my other YouTube channel about how rating systems and stuff are broken and I think it's always good to just remind ourselves that this is one person's opinion, it's not everyone's and people's descriptions of things can change. My husband for years just said, oh your food is okay and I was so hurt I was like, I think I'm a good cook (laughs) I definitely bake amazing things. Why? He keeps saying, okay, I will earn that great (laughs) but no, and then I finally talked to him about it and he's like, no, I love your food Oh, but you say it's okay. It's like things are either okay for me or they're terrible. I didn't know that. (laughs) So I think it's important to know that you can't know everyone's (laughs) feelings on things. Like, Tammy, you, I think you were saying that you would rate a good book a three, correct? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, a three for me is that it's worth your time. Yeah. It's worth, it was worth my time. Yeah. I think the most important aspect of a book is whether or not it entertained you. Mm -hmm. If you don't regret spending the time on it, it's a good book. Yeah. To get a four, I would say I'd had to have been entertained and I'd had to have been like still thinking about the characters afterwards or the situation. If it's a se- part of a series and I'm anticipating what's going to happen next, then that's step four. And a five, I'd probably only give a five to a series at the end of the series, honestly. <laughs> <laughs> she's so she's like my worst nightmare <laughs> for reviewers no but You're lucky i don't review things yes no thank you yeah yeah you keep yourself just kidding just kidding so i've just come to terms with accepting that and that's just one of those things i had to learn hey it's not healthy for me and just have to keep repeating to myself and rocking back and forth in a corner yeah no and as readers we have to realize 
that a one star and a five star probably aren't the right things to be looking at. Mm -hmm. You want to look at people of critical discussion about what's going on in the book um, so that they can let you know if this is a book you want to read. That's what you're looking for when you're looking at reviews. And if they're saying, I didn't like this, this, and this, and those are things that you love, then then it's not the right review for you. Right. But you now know that those things exist in that book, so maybe this book is for you. And I don't think we're... Like, there's a lot of issues, and I don't want to get into it. And then there's other things that you can't control, like robot accounts, fake reviews, and, like, it's very hard to control that. Yeah, people are working on it. You can always report it. It doesn't always work out. So don't be too disappointed and don't cry over it, because people hopefully will give it a chance anyways, and we'll get past that. And if it looks... If a review looks questionable, look at the reviewer. Just go look at what how they review usually. If it's always threes, then maybe it's just really hard for them to get impressed. If it's always ones, then... Here's a quick way to spot fake reviews or fake accounts. If there's 4,000 reviews in one day and they're all one star, it might be a bot account. I'm just kind of throw that out there. <laughs> I don't know who reviews 4,000 books in one day. And yeah. all negatively, like maybe reading is not for you. Yeah. but that that's a whole other topic and hopefully things resolve but yeah don't a message for all you people out there who put your work out work products whatever it is don't be too bummed so this was a bit of a heavy topic and maybe triggering of anxieties for others so we're gonna cut it a bit short but thank you for listening and join us next month i'm tammy kavanaugh and i'm ann r bailey thank you bye